Hello and welcome to the Riff Raff Nori podcast. On this podcast, I aim to inspire change by speaking to people that I relate to, and we'll be discussing a range of subjects and topics, including trauma, adversity, healing, and mental health and well-being. I cherish my inner being, and I'm on a mental health journey to stay grounded, living in the present, reflecting on the past, and looking forward to the future. This week's episode is specific to mentoring, and very coincidentally, good timing with Father's Day looming. And this week's first guest is Craig White, a high-performance coach and mentor with over 26 years of experience in elite coaching. Craig holds master's degrees in exercise physiology and holistic nutrition and is an accredited NP master coach, life coach, a shadow work facilitator, yoga and meditation teacher, and an accredited Demartini Bellies facilitator. Under the brand of Craig White Mentoring, he offers private mentorships, group mentorships, men's leadership retreats, and online coaching. He is known worldwide for his work in professional rugby with teams and organizations such as Ireland, Wales, England, Uruguay, British and Irish Lions, Fiji, and World Rugby. Craig is also an advocate of men's mental wellness offering life coaching and men's group retreats around the world under the brand of men without masks so this week's second guest is dean lester dean is a strength and conditioning coach who currently has worked as an snc at blackrock college dublin uh lands on rugby club and a sports science at wicklow gaa he also spent nine months at the Uruguay national team in preparation for the Rugby World Cup in 2019. Previous to that, at the age of 34, he went back to college and since graduated with a BSC in the strength and conditioning. And he is currently studying a master's in Satanta College in performance coaching. He is continuing to work and upskill in the pursuit of becoming a better role model, leader and man. guidance, stewardship, feedback, support, empathy, direction, reassurance, nurturing, and discipline. These are all key facets on this week's episode. Okay, welcome to the Riff Raff and Rory podcast. Today, we are focusing on the topic of mentoring. Uh, I'm fortunate to be very lucky today to be joined by two guests. Uh, the two guests are joining us from either side of the British Isles, uh, from the north of Ireland, respectively, and from the UK. Uh, Craig and Dean, welcome to this morning's episode. Nice to be here, mate. Nice to uh, see you again. Yeah, so what Craig means there is we had to uh, come out for the second half. We did this uh, episode a number of weeks ago. I think it was nearly two months ago now at this stage. Uh, we've been running through um, getting another date for this call again, but very grateful to actually get another crack at the whip, as they say. 
Um, the last episode that we went through, might, we might come back to in a minute, just more so. Uh, but uh, mainly today, uh, the first thing that would jump to mind is mentoring. So maybe Craig, would it be uh, best? Do you want to give us maybe maybe a little bit about yourself and maybe what mentoring means to you? Yeah, um, it's an interesting topic and um, one that's close to my heart, really. Uh, you know, I always uh, thought sometimes we get lost in the semantics between a coach and a mentor. And to be honest, there's not a massive amount of difference. But um, I remember about uh, two years ago working with a coach myself and aligning kind of how I wanted to serve in the world and what I wanted to do and how I wanted to help people. And um, we kind of uh, did a deep dive into my career. And um, it's evident that, that in my career, I just seem to naturally fall into the role of a mentor, someone that guides people and someone that supports people on the journey, really, and, and through their career. Um, you know, I, was, I guess I was one of the first guys, uh, if not the first guy, um, in professional rugby many, many, many years ago to bring interns into, into the environment. I remember, I remember working at Wasps a long time ago and... Um, you know, most of the teams at the time had one conditioning coach and um, and when I kind of went into the Ross role, um, I brought another three conditioning coaches with, with me. Um, and on top of that, we had four interns. So all of a sudden we had a, a team of about eight of us, um, which made a big difference. And But that came with a, with a responsibility uh, on my part to kind of, to, to provide some kind of guidance for, these uh, these conditioning coaches and um, I seem to have done that through my career and um, it's just something that I, I fall naturally into and um, and I still do that I offer mentorship programs to coaches um, I offer mentorship programs to to men in a kind of more of a live coaching capacity and I run a uh, an organisation called Men Without Masks um, which is uh, dedicated to um, to guiding men to become better versions of themselves. And um, and I'm also still consulting at the at the high end of of professional rugby. And um, what I love about my role in rugby now is that it it, it is definitely slanted towards uh, mentorship of of uh, players and and staff. So it's uh, it, yeah, it's something that is close to my heart, and it's also something that I feel is definitely missing in society today. I often I mean, it's it's not um, an accurate representation, but I often associate mentorship in my work with with um, that kind of father energy, you know, that kind of that capacity to to support and challenge and and guide and and really see people for who they are and let them know that you see them and, and guide them into into their own greatness, really. And um, unfortunately, the statistics. Um, tell us that today we're, we're living in a society of dad deprivation. Um, now, that could mean that dad wasn't around. It could mean that dad was around, but you didn't see much of him because of outbursts with um, the mom. It could have been that dad wasn't allowed to see you. It could have been that dad was just so busy that he didn't really have time for you as a, as a young man or a young daughter. And um, for whatever reason, um, we are living in a world of dad deprivation and it has its um it has consequences so mentorship is is needed more than ever before 
Yeah, wow. That's uh, sorry. I was just so attuned there to listening to you. That's goosebumps, vibrations of a lot of that really resonate. And uh, yeah, maybe before we uh, circle back on those thoughts, uh, Dean, what about yourself? What what does mentorship mean to you? Well, it meant something very different to me when I started. Um, and obviously, having worked closely with Craig probably since 2019, really. Um, I look at it from a completely different perspective now. And, you know, when I went into intern in Uruguay, I was going in as a strength and conditioning coach. I was going in to work in rugby. Um, and I thought that's all that I was really going to do. Um, but obviously, circumstances arose while I was in Uruguay. We discussed that in the last, um, the last crack of it. Um, and Craig actually showed me what mentorship was all about. It was about getting the best out of me. Even though, they, you know, everybody knew there was shit going on in the background, but he still supported me and, and got the best out of me uh, and provided that, uh, what's the word? I, I don't... <laughs> I don't want to say father figure, <laughs> more Uncle Craig, but he was there for me um, when I when I really needed it. And he he had a job to do with Uruguay. So getting the best out of me for that um, was also, you know, a priority. And he just done that so well. Um, uh, and, you know, when I would have first looked at Craig as a mentor, I would have thought of things like, you know, pushing me on in my career or, you know, guiding me towards certain jobs or, or whatever that was. But but it's not like what he's done is he's he's really opened my eyes to what I want to be. Uh, and I'm starting to really get clarity now on that. And, uh, you know, I, when I started this journey, it was just about being a, a strength and conditioning coach. And, and working on top end rugby um, and now I've moved on to I think my role will will look something like this I'll work in an academy with young players that might have had similar opportunities to me I blew those opportunities and I want to see young lads do that and go down the same path I went down um, and I think I really come into my own in a role like that and it's working with Craig that's helped me realize why exactly I'm doing what I'm doing. Wow, yeah. And it's even like where naturally uh, things can go down different pathways. You know, it's so positive in the stories that we've opened this conversation with. And maybe to uh, complete the circle of what mentorship means to myself is, um, yeah, like, <clears throat> honestly, it's, one of those guiding lights that I never would have seen or understood in a large part of my life. Um, going through a lot of tough, dark uh, journeys with emotional and mental health challenges that I do every day. Um, I probably struggle in my own awareness to have maybe, as you said, maybe Dean, like clarity and just focus in that network where I can just flourish and really through my journey without the support of mentors and coaches and therapists and a lot of other people um i can really really honestly say that i would not be where i am um and i really understand just even having a call with my therapist there uh probably 20 minutes ago 
that um, in the nature of people being so focused on their own discipline, like the likes of Craig, it really does shine through on the work that they do because you can feel it. Like, as you say, two, year, two or two years ago, you and I would have felt the same. Maybe I would have seen what a therapist may have um, done in society or maybe, you know, understood what their general scope was from the outside. But now having gone through the journey for nearly two years, I even nearly feel having more time, even from the first time we spoke again, to sharpen this episode up, that uh, the natural quality of actually having mentors and the need for mentors in society for men is so paramount because today actually the first episode of the podcast is going live um, and it's all statistically, as you said, Craig, striking how even I saw, was it in maybe London over the weekend even, there was a mass mental health movement um, where, yes, we're through the pandemic of uh, COVID nearly at the back end, but please God, you know, all, all going well. Uh, but this is, say, the statistics of mental health in general, like we're only hitting the tip of the iceberg and there's a long way to go. And in that journey of mentorship, it is paramount. Like it is literally that pillar that will get people through it. And that's the importance of the likes of Craig and Dean and yourself and myself in these conversations, please God, that we can give back to others and hopefully inspire someone to maybe seek out a mentor or if someone is in a mentorship role, someone that might be able to turn around and say, oh, hold on, is that person okay? Because they mightn't realize that themselves yet as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it really is so important. Like not even for myself, if I go back even on my mental health journey, to understand the times where I might, mightn't have felt good uh, for someone. Like the biggest thing that I even have here in my hand in more ways than one, even just to set the scene maybe on this, is um, just safety. You know, in the sense that maybe Dean, as you mentioned, with the fathership type role that uh, Craig, as you said, has played in that sense. Uh, but even in that context, like from my own introduction on that point with safety, like suicide and mental health has been a huge challenge on me. Um, Maybe do you want to take the story and lead it through your own journey on that point with your fathership type role that you feel Craig has added value to? Uh, if you don't mind, there's something that came up in conversation about, about two weeks ago in school. It was my boss and he, he, we were talking about the role of parents and there's a young lad that went to the school. He ended up a very famous rugby player and, and his dad said to my boss, he said, I, I don't want I don't want to be my son's friend. You know, I've got enough friends and he's got enough friends. I want to be his father. And that really hit home for me because as, as, as what a, my dad was a lovely man and you both would have really, really enjoyed his company. But my dad spent so much time trying to be popular with me and my friends you know, and trying, trying to fit in with us that, that the fatherhood maybe got lost, you know, and that, that guidance to, you know, put me in the right, right direction and say, look, you're going down the wrong road here. That sort of way, you know, so it just, when Craig mentioned, you know, the, the, the need for, or there, there, there is like fatherhood deprivation, you know, I, that, that comment really had home for me, you know? Yeah, and that's incredibly powerful because the same way here, like uh, my dad as well would be very 
similar to me as well, I'd say. And like we get on and we don't get on naturally, I suppose, like every relationship. And at the same time, it's funny where like I find the biggest challenge I find in the role of maybe uh, that for me personally with my own dad, and I'm sure he'd be comfortable enough with me saying that is uh, when our egos meet, like that's the struggle, like really trying to manage that. Uh, is where we probably lose ourselves and an argument may break out. But genuinely, when we're together and in company, you know, very good friends, if you will, put it in that way. But I think it nearly needs to be set. Like, we probably it probably tells very true to the point that you just made there that, like, in my life, you want him as the father-type role. Yes, we can be very friendly, but you want that uh, element of, uh, as you said, the guidance um, versus, as you said, the story maybe there where, like, so striking is a difference where someone might be trying to compete for, would you call it popularity, versus to be the father figure in that instance. And that's very powerful just to even drop in the word, no, no, I am the father here. Like, I'm not a friend. Mm. He probably had a real want to be loved himself, you know what I mean? <laughs> and... True. No, no, no. Very true. You and know, that, that, that nature even rings to my point last night that I heard. Well, that, 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 that's, that's, that's the interesting side of it. So even last night, I found a point that I came across where, uh, forgive me now on the reference, I didn't come to mind with now, but essentially like that is, it might have just been his opportunity for him uh, to feel accepted. That might have him, uh, that might have been him opening up on that journey. Um, and interestingly, even um, with the men without masks, Craig, on the other side of it, like I'm sure, like I haven't even uh, thought that we uh, had opened the conversation for this even in the last call, but um, like I'm sure the essence of even when everything starts, even on a retreat, like you must have, like what, what would the average numbers be on a retreat together? Probably six to 12, I'm guessing. And then, like, letting, letting everyone drop their egos at the door and just being themselves kind of thing, is it? Well, it was, but now we've got 20. We've got 20 men and four facilitators, so we've gone a little bit. And, um, yeah, I mean, you say drop the ego, but it's, it's, it's you know, when, when we come together, men that don't know each other, um, you know, we, we've been conditioned to kind of be ready, you know. It's tribal, you know. As men, we've protected the tribe and we're going into a... A different tribe so there's a there's a bit of hang on a minute well who can i trust here so but that's part of the journey that kind of leaning into that is part of the journey because we've been conditioned as men to kind of want to fight with each other and compete with each other um unfortunately but it goes back thousands of years you know it, it was necessary at one time and um so yeah so the, so the first um day on the retreat is 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 tricky you know we have to slowly feel into that and navigate things and slowly slowly build the container of trust which is what we tend to do on the first day um and as that container of trust um becomes secure then the magic happens so um it's really really important for for us as human beings to feel safe and feel a sense of belonging and when we feel a sense of belonging then we tend to express uh, our uniqueness our uniqueness and um Regarding, I guess, mentoring, if you, if, if you, if you will, um, but I like to use the word blessing um, and seeing each other and holding each other and accepting each other. Um, 
on the last day of the retreat, it's all about leadership and we call it king energy and, and actually seeing each other for who we are. And the result of that is, is nothing short of miraculous. Um, because for whatever reason, it seems that a lot of men, not all men, some men have great, great kind of um, parenting growing up, but a lot of men don't. And in my judgment, what's lacking in those early years is blessing from the masculine, if you will, blessing from father, what I like to call father energy. And when we've not had blessing, when we've not been seen for who we are, and when we've not been um, recognized as being good enough for who we are, we tend to kind of go on a rampage then as teenagers to get approval and get into trouble. And um, it's one of the reasons, in my opinion, why men get a bad rap because we've not we've not been seen for who we are. We're always trying to impress people and be the hero and be the tough guy and do something spectacular. And um, but but the good news is that um, even though this blessing may not have occurred in our nervous system growing up as, as as young men, it can occur any single time throughout our life because our nervous system is extremely adaptable. And and I've seen I've seen grown men stand up in a room and be honoured and blessed and, and, um, and given positive feedback by a group of 20 men and it brings them to tears. And, and you can see the nervous system finding it hard to, to receive that blessing, but eventually when we open to that support from other men, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal at the level of confidence and the, at the level of discipline in one's life when they leave the retreat because um you know a lot of young men and young women are running around today without any discipline and that's because there's a lack of father energy discipline comes from the father energy and nurturing and fossing and taking care of comes from the mother energy so it's that discipline that's lacking uh but we can get it and um what i'm eventually coming back to here rory is that at any time in our life uh, men, women, we can seek out mentors. The mentors can be women, the mentors can be men, they can be therapists, they can be coaches, they can be um, friends, they can be members of our family, they can be people we've just met. But it's really important if you feel that you're struggling to ask yourself, have I really been mentored? And can I be mentored? You know, who, who can I seek out to, to guide me? Yeah, like, and it's so interesting, like, even I'll be straight up in the point of uh, my own journey to where I even brought myself to last week, that, like, I found, like, my own recovery has been getting so uh, progressively um, positive. Like, as you're saying, like, that energy of just being blessed and spiritually in my own practice, using a lot of uh, spiritual tribal affirmation practices, like you can feel that, like you get that energy lift, not even just from the dopamine, like your, 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 your body nearly craves that spirituality of the blessing. It just lifts you. The level of euphoric uh, feelings, like wearing a monster jersey as I am, seeing even the levels of where you would see, like even uh, the need for probably self-medicating is one word to use it in the sense of call it with drink or any of these other ways of just things that arrive and uh, 
what do you call it, times of trouble nearly in general. Uh, and I'm guilty of that myself. And I'm definitely a crux of like, that's my most pressing challenge now at the moment is changing that chapter that was the old Rory with no discipline, with alcohol, to now disciplining myself and moving moving past it because now naturally the whole world is opening up again and social life is back. It's really that challenge and test. And it, it's amazing how you can see, oh, it feels great having that beer too. But then I'm like, hold on a second, there's also the destructive side. And I'm really feeling it even now as I was saying there on the call, like I've done so much work on myself that even like what you're thinking, your flow, just you, you really feel, I'd say, where when you're not drinking as much, but when you're really working on yourself, maybe this comes from, I suppose, elite sport that the uh, mantle has been set in the way people carry themselves is that it really does affect yourself. Like, like as in, I completely can say that my last 48 hours have been different than normal. So you can see why you would not need, uh, sorry, you can see why you shouldn't be uh, dabbling in having a few drinks around performance because it does affect you straight out of the bat and it really does knock you again with your mood and everything following that. So um, like with the representation, as you said, when you were talking about father energy and all that, um, like <clears throat> it's, it's definitely something that I need to work on is my own self-discipline, if you will. Um, and actually there's a retreat coming to mind in a few weeks more to do uh, specifically focused with uh, family constellations and uh, I suppose it still represents the same idea of even through past generations through discipline on that side um, but yeah my own self-discipline would be so good six days of the week and then I could let the rabbit out of the hat and it could cost me the week if I did that so for me going forward in life to become a father and to be someone that people look up to and on the day that I launch my own business, I need to mean business. But, but the most important thing that actually circles back from this thought that I was saying over the weekend was, it's amazing how we always think, how do we tr treat other people? That phrase. But the one thing that nearly needs to be bolted onto that, if I was to create an affirmation, would be how you treat yourself in that same reflection. Because if you don't treat yourself with the same reflection, how do you expect anyone else to look at you the same way if you don't carry yourself in that manner when you're by yourself, which is even more self-defeating? Um, yeah, so that would be my thoughts on that. Dean, have you anything to add to that? Yeah, I agree, I agree with what you're saying. And, you know, it, it's it's been a long pathway for myself as well, you know, if I'm completely honest. And, you know, I know, you know, when I've got my head down and I'm 100%, I'm good. And it just takes maybe, you know, a few beers and that can that can quickly slide. But I do think you, you come to a point where, you know, you, you develop a maturity and you start to understand yourself. Um, and you, I'm not saying you can manage it, but you know not what to, or you know what not to do, if that makes sense. Um, and I think you can spend a lot of time beating yourself up about it, rather than just saying, "Well, that, this is the way things were. It's in the past. Park it." Uh, and this is this is how things are now. You know, I'm a married man now. I mean, we'll think about having a family. Things have to be different. 
you know, and I look at things now, well, you know, this, this is how I would have liked my father to be, you know, this is how I want to be a father. You know, I, I want to be a leader. I want to be someone that my child or children will look up to and that I can inspire them. And they want to, you know, they want to do well in life and, you know, all the things that any father would want, want for their children. And, you know, I, I can do that well. Sorry, I can do that well um, with certain behaviors. And I can do that very badly with certain behaviors. And it's just understanding that and understanding yeah. yourself and why you're doing it. Brilliant. Very well said. Very well said. And I'm sure, Craig, does that ring tr ring true for even like uh, your own journey into mentorship and then, you know, naturally nearly nurturing, uh, you were saying, as you say, call it even where you are at the moment or even past stories from other roles? Um. I mean, I've always sought out mentors. Um, it's just something I've always done. Not from a very early age, but um, definitely when I kind of got older and got a little bit confused in my teenage years, I've, I've always tried to seek out mentors. Um, and, I, and I still seek out mentors. Um, I'm not perfect. you know, And I still seek out feedback. No, I'm not, I'm not someone who is so self-aware and so self-confident that he doesn't need feedback. I, I seek out feedback, um, especially in my work in rugby with teams. You know, I need, uh, there's a part of me that needs to know that I'm doing a good job and I'm adding value. So, um, and, you know, sometimes if I don't get feedback, I feel, I do feel confused and I think, oh, what, what am I doing? What is it all about? So, seeking feedback, positive feedback, especially, or, or constructive feedback is important for me. And that's, and that's mentorship as well. Um, so I'm always seeking that out. Uh, and I'll always work with a coach to guide me in different areas of my life. Because um, the journey, for me, I mean, while I'm here on this planet, the journey never ends. I'll never stop learning about myself. And um, I guess that, what I've just said there, is my um, definition of true mentorship. Yeah, well, that's very well said, to be fair. Whilst I do share external information with my mentees, if you like, you know, they come to me for something. Um, the reality is it's just a doorway um, for me to eventually guide them into themselves. And, um, yeah. and uh, you know, most of the clients that I work with, when I ask them the question, who are you? They have no idea. Uh, if I ask them the question, what do you value? A lot of them don't know. If I say, if I ask them, well, what are your natural talents and your superpowers? They don't know. What are you truly grateful for in your life? They don't know. Um, if I ask you to write your biography, can you write it? No, they can't. So part of my journey, if you like, in, in mentoring others is to guide them this way so that they become the master of their own ship and they find out more information about who they are, who they are not. And they give, they give more meaning to themselves and they literally write their own script. Um, we don't know why we're on this planet, Rory. Nobody knows, you know, science is trying its best to find out, but we haven't got a fucking clue really. And at the end of the day, um, you are whoever you internally believe you are and what your purpose is is whatever meaning you give to your life. 
Um, and it, so it's not here. It's it's here. It's coming inwards, and it's 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 rewriting the script. And you've got to write it. We've got to write it. No one else will write it for us. So that's for me. That's true mentorship. True mentorship is guiding someone inwards. And yeah. you can't do that if you haven't done it yourself. And that and that and that rings so true <clears throat> in the sense that even gathering like everything when you're really sharp and to say focus on different things and maybe this might make sense to some people listening but like what i mean there is if you tune into everything even in your present environment the fact that i'm holding a cushion is safety or even a rugby ball in my head or all these different things people take different meaning from i don't want to get distracted from the point that i want to make first it's more as you say one of the sliders that I do nearly offhand, and Dean, I just need to get your uh, details so I can give you this in uh, the following days, please, God, from this recording is, even for Craig uh, or anyone in general, how I nearly seek out or sought out feedback through my own journey was through gratitude. And I light the torch on that and put it on steroids is my phrase that comes to mind. But the basic thing that I do naturally in any day that I even do at the moment or in my past I would have done it maybe probably verbally, but now my practice is to actually slow down and write handwritten thank you notes and then I'll post it. So then even with that natural delayed gratification, it circles back and people are like, oh, Rory, you were so nice to think about me. But then even in reflection, what that does for yourself, it stops you and it's like, it's like there's the discipline. It's like, Rory, look what you've achieved in the last 24 or 48 hours. Look where your momentum is going. Look what you're doing in life. Look at your purpose. It just sharpens your focus on your own sword to think, Rory, this is your battle. My battle every day is to do my best with my emotions to keep them on track. If I can do that, as you said, that's Craig and Dean, that's my flow. Like that's there's where my natural pathway comes, as you said, to answer all of your above questions. Two years ago, no chance, absolutely no chance. Now ringing true to know where I am, I do aim to even please God get a book out before the end of the year. It's like, it's amazing. As you said, you need that would you call it awakening is probably nearly a glorified term these days, but it, it is an awakening. It's literally a hard reset and it cannot only be when it happens, like there will be speed bumps along the way. Um, so it's like, even for my own journey, thank God now for where I am back in employment, it's taken me two years to get back to where I am. But to be honest, only for the fact in the need for money, even a question that came to mind there the other day with a corporate company that like worry, would you need to go back? The journey on that spiritual like acceptance and all the rest of it, that's the path in life that I want to get towards uh, with peace and all that, sitting in a meditative style, staying this, staying this way, saying this rather, uh, because I even find that my own flow when I'm trying to talk, if I'm not sitting in a meditative position, I probably don't come across as clear in my own awareness. I'll be straight up with that. Like I verbally wouldn't be as competent uh, and aware of what I'm saying if I'm not actually sitting still and uh, relaxed and composed. So, like, it really does beg the question on my own nature that I just need to slow down and believe in myself, which is very, very ironic in a lot of ways. Like, you'd think that you need that intensity, but it, it, to be honest, it can a lot of times nearly be the opposite. Yeah. It's mad. Dean, did you have any, like journey on your own side like where, where i suppose this point probably comes circling back in my head is like the one thing that really brought me to my own awakening was actually ironically a friend of mine that i used to work with that taught me meditation back in 
the start of 2018, I think, uh, really honing in like he's a Tibetan monk in training. So uh, that was my own dawning on my own journey into the natural exploratory ways. But this is probably a question for all of you. Uh, open book, really. Like, what, what brought, what, what really brought the spiritual side, or what really brought that awakening internally to say, right, not only do I need to look here, but you're nearly listening to the inner voice first versus fighting it. Uh, well, I think for me, uh, I mean, and I've touched over this in the past month. Like I was going through a cycle. I was always in work. You know, I had a job. I worked in a corporate gym. You know, but there was a set of behaviors that didn't align with what I wanted to achieve out of life. And, you know, I had to find some way of understanding and realizing what that was. And, like, to be perfectly honest, at the moment, life is really nice for me. You know, uh, I'm, I'm a married man. You know, I never thought that would be the case, you know, but I'm really happy to be a married man. I love spending time with Lindsay and, you know, everything that I, I want to achieve, I, I want to achieve it for us and I want to achieve it for our family going forward. And, you know, I, I was working in a corporate gym and I was running around Belfast and going out with my colleagues and, you know, I was doing some good work in the gym. I was working with a lot of elderly people that had come through operations. And I was doing a lot of poo work. So I was doing a lot of things that I wanted to do. But then there was this side of it that just didn't complement that at all. Um, so I needed to step away. I went and studied, went back to, to, to college. And like, I was never academic at school or in university the first time around um, because I didn't believe that I was. But then I slowly started to believe um, and I find myself in, in different situations. I, in Uruguay, working for a Rugby World Cup team. I mean, that was massive for me because I didn't believe that I could achieve any of that. And I have, I've, I've, I've achieved it and I've done it and I'm keeping going. You know, I'm halfway through a master's degree now. And if you spoke to anybody that taught me in school, <laughs> they would have, would have laughed in your face. Like, Dean master and master's degree just shouldn't share the same sentence. But, you know, here I am. And it's just that belief. And, you know, if we go back to the mentorships, it's you need to surround yourself with the right people. You know, you need to surround yourself with people that are going to push you and challenge you and, and make you believe you know, and I've been very lucky, and, and Craig's just one of them. There's other guys as well um, that, that that help me and make me believe in myself. And you know, I work with some in Dublin, um, and and that's really really important. You know, it's really important. And as Craig says, there, there there's a need for it. There absolutely is a need for it. And hopefully, you know, if I look ten years down the line, I can be that someone to someone. You know, very well said. Very well said. You know, very, very well said. Craig, any uh, thoughts yeah. on your entry yeah, on I mean, that? I mean, it's it's, I mean, the conversation seems to be steering towards mental health, and uh, that's great. Um, you mentioned the word awakening, Rory, you mentioned spirituality, and um, um, for me, it's really important to, to say that 
you know, whenever the shift occurs and at some point, you know, it seems that there's always a knock on the door. Hey, mate, you know what I mean? The way you're living now is not uh, right for you. What's going on? You're more than this. You need to find out who you are. Do, 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 do. It, it comes at some point and we can ignore it. We can distract ourselves or we have to look at it, but it comes. And as you said, it often comes after a period of pain, you know, unfortunately. Dean won't mind me saying that, you know, his father died and the pain of that has turned him into a better version of who he was. He won't mind me saying that. It, it, it's a gift, but it didn't feel like a gift at the time. It was terribly painful for him. Um, you know, I, I went on um, a yoga retreat about 12 years ago for a month and it blew my mind open and it turned me inward and it's like, whoa, lack of meaning, tears, anger. And it was like, whoa, what's going on? I need to find out what this is. So it, that propelled me to go in. Um, but what I want to say is awakening or a shift or knock on the door, midlife crisis, midlife transformation, whatever you want to call it, um, it's really unique to everyone. And, you know, for you, Rory, based on probably your upbringing um, and maybe your early religious upbringing, you term it spiritual. Now, some people don't, and if I use the word spirituality in some other circles that I, I am in, um, it's not a great way for me to help people because it would, as you know, it would turn people off. So it's really important yeah. to have your own definition. You know, yeah, 100%. Your own, you know, your own definition. So um, I, I wanted to say that because, you know, we're saying that, you know, there's a knock on the door, there's a bit of pain, there's a shift. We, we're, we're forced to go inwards we do our work and then everything's all right. And, uh, and I guess that seems to be the path of evolution and the path into wholeness and, um, and the feeling of, do you know what, actually I'm grounded now. I, I, I'm, it's time to enjoy life, um, but it's not easy. And, and me, for example, in my work, there's certain people that I could help that resonate with my story and I resonate with their story. That might be in the field of rugby because they trust my reputation or it might be in my men's retreats but there's certain people that I can't help because I don't have a story that resonates with them. I don't have the skill set. You know, this is where therapists come. You know, I tend not to attract men with incredible uh, traumas from childhood. You know, that, that's the realm of therapists. Um, so again, mentors come in, in, in lots of different disguises. Yeah, and that's very, very well said in those ways because even with the spirituality piece, I think naturally, like I am extremely spiritual, but I think it's where like what I would take if you were to nearly go with your own uh, definition on mentorship earlier, I didn't expect this to go down the road of spirituality, but again, like it naturally does. What I mean by my own thoughts on spirituality and like a disclaimer here, not to knock anyone or offend anyone is that connecting to my own inner self and being at peace with myself and doing whatever needs to be done to make sure that my voice in my head is happy. Um, and if we're not- And that's beautiful, that's your definition. And like, like but, that, but, that's the, but that's the hardest part, like is trying to see and understand that. But that's the beauty in life, I think as well. Like, you know, it's so ironic. You can go down one way and be like, like, I'll be straight up on this which I was nearly worried about it before, but like I got into trouble over the weekend, like with drinking and I got taken and I was arrested for drink driving. And like, that's like, I'll be straight up. The more I hold it back, the longer it will dawn on me in that manner. Like actually the solicitor tried to call me 
40 minutes ago into this episode, right? What I would take from that now is like, Rory, that, that's the kind of point in your life where you're like talking earlier, Dean, about Rory, you go down the level of your life with that kind of a pathway, it's destruction. You won't have a life, you won't have a family and all the above. You make a decision now and you actually change your life, be compassionate along the way. There, these are points as well, not only to make sure that you impact yourself positively. One of the biggest things that got me to a point of nearly where we were two months ago doing this call, I was just out of hospital and uh, I was on a real positive way to bring myself back on my feet. When you said, Craig, there a minute ago, like being grounded, I was 100% grounded. I let the reins go slightly, maybe nearly, as you said, naturally to enjoy life again with the world post-COVID kind of getting back to normal. I find one of my biggest weaknesses on patterns is when I get complacent. If I don't have that internal or external pressure, uh, that's when I don't operate at my best. When I build all these walls of massive negativity around me, I just come out fighting in every block of anything. So again, it just shows that, thank God it was only something fortunately that is literally a yellow card to slap on the wrist. Um, and you move on and you think, right, Rory, you're launching a podcast, you're flying it, you're so much better off than where you ever were, and you won't need drink. Like that, these other points, like be it with anything, like, I know and understand now from my last two years that I don't want drink in my life to the level that I've had it before um, because it's just so destructive. Like it's, it's something more so where I just couldn't discipline myself, to be honest, as you said earlier. I wouldn't have had that self-discipline because I would have seen it more as a means of escape. I would have been like, oh, here yeah, we well, go. It's not, it's not the positive it's not way. Drinks. Let's have a great yeah. night. It's not the drinks that are, it's not alcohol that's destructive though, mate. It's the ego possibly maybe too. It's the thought inside. That, yeah, sorry, even better. Yeah. You know, that, that, that projects you towards abusing alcohol. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a very addictive nature in my own way with, as you said, a lot of the stuff that resonates so true to a lot of the stuff that I'm even doing this week uh, around my ego at uh, different points that are coming in through the next few episodes and whatnot in general, just to favor some touch on points like biofeedback managing and stroking that ego, learning essentially around the trauma with a lot of work in Canada to unpack that trauma. As you said, a lot of what you've identified is front and center on my week this week, on my own journey uh, with that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like uh, I just, I know for me that my days of drinking are numbered uh, if they're not already gone. Um, and uh, to be honest, I'm delighted that I've turned that corner for the better uh, because it, it's just like you see in such a culture, especially I know Ireland and the UK, people always slag us abroad for this, especially it really hurts. Like when you go traveling, people say, oh, sure, you're just a drunken Irish. And it's, it, it's fair enough in the representation at times. But like, there's a sadness to that too, that we just like, we have an energy and a rawness that we're so like, you know, lucky as the phrase goes, even with the logo nearly in the sense of the Irish passport, we're so fortunate and privileged around the world, but yet we nearly abuse ourselves. We don't carry that. And that's please God where I would hopefully with the podcast, be able to carry that Irish flag in a very positive light, but to be able to like Dean bring you in on this point, as you said earlier, you need to compliment your behaviors. Like, because I can't go off down that road and be celebrating all the little wins that I probably will get, please God, along the way with the podcast. And then going off on a weekend and just 
like not treating treating my body the way it should be treated. It's like that's not a balanced. That doesn't make sense. Like, but well, um, because know, it really, it really, it hurts yourself. It hurts. You, it genuinely hurts yourself. It's mad. I think that, and it's something that can be very individual to you as well. It's an individual perception, you know. Um, you sound like you're beating yourself up about it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just discovering, you know, what do I want to do, why do I want to do it, and and what behaviours will make that happen, and and, and keep it that simple. But I mean, that's my perception, you know. Yeah. Um, I can understand everything you're saying. Absolutely, I can. Um, but yeah, it's just for me. It's a, it's, it's, it's an individual perception, and you know. And I think just coming back to the mentorships, it's, it's having those people in your life, you know, that help you see that. Yeah, that's the you most know, important thing. Having that you see who you are, what you want to be, you know. Yeah. And that's been the, and, biggest, and I, the biggest thing for me. It's been the biggest help. And, you know, in my life, it's just I've had my eyes open to to a lot of whys and, and a, a lot of what do you want. You know what I mean? Um, and, and for me, that's that's where having mentors and, and surrounding myself with, you know, people that are better than me or you know, people that are going to drive me is, is really important. Yeah, because that saying keeps coming back, you know, surrounding yourself with those people in your life that you need. And I think everybody needs that. And I think the need for us to be sharp here on the finish, just conscious of time, uh, is that mentorship is such an important point for men, full stop. And that can be broken down as we have, even just for the short time that we've had so far. But in general, um the need for it in society i think in general like we're trying to um highlight here i suppose is that mentors can come in any capacity it doesn't need to be a paid professional um it's more these mentors in every area of your life nearly i'd say as you said with friends family uh relationship type situations um it's like in any way, shape, or form. Maybe Craig, you're probably better one to wrap this up on the mentorship point. Um, but just my my thoughts is like I, I know I'll need mentors for the rest of my life, genuinely. Um, and I'd say I'd struggle without them, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, the other topic which we could talk for hours is choosing the right mentor as well. Um, you know, we live in a world of social media now where anybody can be a mentor, anybody, anybody can be a life coach. And, um, yeah, it's just important to, um, I guess, yeah, surround yourself with people who you trust and let go of people that don't really serve you anymore. You know, a lot part of the work that I do with men, which is, one of the most difficult parts of the journey is an inventory of, you know, people, events, activities in one's life that serve you or don't serve you. And um, sometimes it's important to do um, a people detox, you know, and sometimes it's important to uh, let go the of, of all friends that um, 
unfortunately don't align with your values and uh, that's not easy to do but it's definitely necessary to recognize the part they've played in your life and thank them, thank yourself and them for that but then let them go and uh, move forwards yeah that's very well said uh, any last thoughts there dean before we uh, wrap up uh, no i think i think of I've touched on everything that, that I can um, and hopefully got something across, you know, about my, my journey and the importance of a mentor in that journey. Um, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and if anything, the episode, you know, maybe, maybe helps someone else find that journey as well. The last thing to say, Rory, as well, which is just coming to me right now, just to squeeze it in, is that, you know, we, we've mentioned dads and, um, you know, the fact that statistically a lot of, you know, children growing up don't really have um, a traditional, if you like, grounded mum, dad kind of upbringing, you know, with divorce, distant dads, dads getting in trouble, dads who are workaholics who don't really have it, the emotional intelligence to uh, be with the kids and so on and so on. Um, but I also want to say that, you know, dad sometimes gets a bad rap. If we go back in ancient tribes, it wasn't dad's responsibility alone to raise the kids. You know, it was dad, it was granddad, it was the other granddad, it was uncle, it was, it was the elders, the, the, especially around king energy, father energy, discipline, blessing, that kind of energy. It was the elders within the village or the tribe that actually did that. And, um, Unfortunately, like in my life, for example, I didn't see any, any of my granddad, so I, I just thought it was my dad's responsibility. Um, if, if, you know, if I would have had of, uh, a lot of more elders and older uncles, um, it, it would have been different. So, so dad gets a bad rap, uh, unfortunately, and um, it shouldn't all have to come down to dad. It really, really shouldn't. We really have to kind of come together as, as, as units and... Um, to really guide children and not expect dad to just do it in isolation. That's my uh, take on. Oh my God, such a nice way to put it because even my mom keeps saying to me at the moment, like, and it's nearly even the nature of that pressure that I know even my own father had taken a lot of pressure on through our own family story and that I had taken on. But it's literally, as you said, uh, the whole journey with that, that my mom very nicely put it even in the last few days is that everybody has their own cross to bear. But remember, uh, as you said, like we don't want to isolate each other um, and nearly leave that cross down. You know, everyone, if you keep carrying that weight, it'll only drag you down. Um, so it's like incredibly when, nice like, way when, so like when I, there was a stage in my life where I look back at my father, bless him, he's not with us anymore. I look back in my journey, I guess, with a coach, if you like. And initially I thought, well, he didn't do a great job. But now I have a different set of blinkers on and I can look back at my life and look at the men who've been significant, you know, my father, a, a part of my brother, a part of my father, a part of my PE teacher, another little part of my other PE teacher, a significant part of a PE teacher in high school. Um, most of them are rugby coaches, actually. And when I look at the gold that I take from each one of them, now I can sit here and think, oh my God, 
how lucky am I? I have received the best fathership ever. But that's only because I've changed my perception. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Now I look at fatherhood or the fathering that I've had, and it's very different than it used to be. It's not aimed at one man. If it was, growing up, I ended up, I ended up perceiving my dad with my mum's blinkers on, which was generally, oh, you're weak, you're a waste of time. And it, it wasn't. It was just that I took my mum's glasses on. Because as, as men especially, we, we cling to mum and we don't want to ever hurt mum. So mum's yeah. perception of dad becomes our perception of dad. But again, just to end the story here, I've had perfect fathering in my life, but it's been chunks from different men. Absolutely. Golden nuggets in the little box of treasury. And like, it's nearly the namaste feeling to like, thank you for the time in your morning so far. And teeing up that level of positivity that comes through, ringing through uh, in internal vibrations to anyone out there that doesn't feel okay, or to anyone out there that, as you said, maybe needs a mentor or feels that they don't even know that yet. If you literally just sit with it, and take a moment, it will happen. It's so amazing how the world will look after you in the greater sense. But if anyone in those shoes that is out there today spots someone else that you could help someone else, one phrase that I've heard recently, which I love, is don't ever look down on someone unless you want to help them up. So if we could all carry that through our lives post-COVID, God bless us. Literally speaking, that's just spiritually speaking, as the phrase goes, the world hopefully will be a much nicer place to be in in the time to come. Because I know right now where I am on the journey of the conversation we've just had um, two years ago, I wouldn't be on a conversation wavelength like that. And I wouldn't be able to carry myself and speak true to that in my own nature. So on that note, I will sign to the Gaelic and I will keep this rivalry going between Ireland and the UK nice and lively as Guramila Mahagut. Um, from your time this morning uh, for those of you that don't know the Gaelic of that that's thank you very much in Irish but uh, guys you've been so amazing this morning very much appreciated it uh, best luck with the end of the seasons I suppose transitioning into pre-seasons if you get a break at all please God with the madness at the moment uh, take some time off for yourselves and uh, we'll catch up again soon thanks Rory cheers Rory welcome to my words the Riff Raff and Rory podcast Episodes will be available every Monday and you can listen to the podcast and all podcast streaming platforms.